You're listening to the Team Guru Podcast, bringing to life the theory and principles of leadership. How many times have you had a gut reaction to something, a person, a job or a situation that just didn't feel right? What did you do? Hello, my name's David Frizzell, and you're listening to episode 64 of the Team Guru podcast, where we're talking with Craig Wilson about intuition. Craig says that intuition forms a vital part of how we make decisions in life, yet many of us don't know how to use it properly. The busyness of our lives, yep, that menace raises its ugly head again, makes it harder today than ever before to tap into who we really are. Craig is here to help us understand what intuition is the way it can benefit our life, and of course, the types of things we can do to invite it in. And a quick note, Craig was kind enough to send me an extra copy of his book called Intuitive, How to Access and Use Your Birth-Given Intuition. So I'm going to give it away. Stay listening after the interview, and I'll tell you how that book can be yours. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy my conversation with Craig Wilson. Craig Wilson, welcome to the Team Guru Podcast. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Craig, it's my pleasure to have you. Now, intuition, that inner power to understand ourselves and the world around us, I have to admit, you had me very interested right from the beginning of your book. It's a fascinating topic. No, thank you, David. It's a big one, isn't it? I don't think it really gets much bigger. No, well, it is. And and for someone like you who's spent your time writing a book and speaking about it so so far and wide, obviously it is the big one, but I think it's the kind of thing that a lot of us don't spend much time thinking about until it's presented and, and stuck in our face. And, and like me, a lot of my listeners, I think right now will be thinking, yeah, intuition, yeah, how much time do I really give that? And you say that the concept of intuition, finding it and using it, actually challenges a lot of people to start with. What do you mean by that? Yep. Great question. And you know, to talk into that for yourself and the listeners, you know, most of the growth that people go through is, you know, like yourself, you know, wanting to be, you know, a, a school principal and and go down that path and then saying, hang on, maybe there's something else. So it's either a health issue or some sort of crisis or who am I? What am I? What's my purpose? Do I actually enjoy what I do? Do I love what I do? And the reality is if you go out there and ask most people, the answer is, you know, is not that. So it's having those points of inflection. So it's those questions, who am I? What am I? How does it all work? And what is my inner voice saying? You know, and can I trust it? And if I did trust it, where would it take me? So I feel if the problem or the opportunity is big enough, then people will have the intention and and drive to say, well, you know, if I was able to, you know, to lead on to how I help people in SMEs and Fortune 500 companies and, and world leaders, is it's, you know, if, if I've got a real big problem or I have a big enough purpose, then I really want to know how, what I, you know, how I tick and how I can actually use that not only for myself, but actually to make a difference in my career, my business or, or even the world or humanity. So I think if you're wise big enough, as, as we're hearing all the time, if your why is big enough, then it sort of calls you to say, well, let's find out who am I really? 
and let's start taking the labels off and uh, then you start getting into having the courage to do that and letting go of the fear, which is obviously the big elephant in the room and and just being vulnerable enough to to be honest, you know, where am I right now with my health, my life, my business, my career? And once dealing with that, saying, well, you know, what would that seven-year-old child say, that seven to 17-year-old say, you know, am I on track? Am I living my dreams or not? So, yeah, we can start there. I really like that point that you made quite early in your book. The idea that for some of us, for some people amongst us, they are not where they thought they would be. Uh, that really struck me, that idea. I'd not thought about it that way before. The fact that around us, at, and our, in our, at our age, and I know you, you dropped your age a little bit in your book, I think you and I are around about the same age, the concept that we, at some point earlier in our life, in our teens, in our early 20s, our formative years as an adult and in our career, we had this image of ourself into the future and where we would be, as you say, you know, whether it's our family, our health, the type of work that we do, our career. And now, assessing ourselves, have we stacked up to where we thought we'd be? And it got me thinking, that must really plague a lot of people the concept that they are not where they want to be. And, and there's two parts to that, isn't there? There's the dreaming stuff that they did earlier in their life, but it's also the perception stuff about where they are now. And if that clashes, if their perception of where they are now, and it's just a perception in a lot of ways, that whether they look through the world through rose-colored glasses or not, whether their glass is half full or half empty, that perception of where they are compared to where they thought they'd be, if they don't match up and if it doesn't match up favorably, that could be quite a burden for people to carry around. Is that what you mean when you say for some people getting in touch with their intuition is quite a challenge? 100%. You know, you're for the first time saying, lay it all out as it is, mm. not as what I think it is, what it could be. You know, when you're a, a child, you know, we talk to, you know, want to be an astronaut, want to be a cowboy, want to be a princess, want to be whatever, whatever it might be. And then we go into society and we get conditioned down. So, oh, you can't do that or, you know, you, you know that's not going to happen for you. So, we get conditioned. So, yes, it's that playfulness, you know, and, you know, I went to uh, – Recently back to Sydney, I live in the southern end of the Gold Coast near the Crummer Valley and, you know, I'm living the ideal lifestyle, which has taken me years and decades to, to do. But when I look at some of my friends and people I've known for a very long time, you know, they've got certain things in place, you know, children and jobs and things. But, you know, there's that masculine wall of, you know, unless we have a few beers, uh, some of them are not that happy mm. and they're using other things like uh, alcohol and other distractions and that's fine, you know, but for some of us, you know, uh, we don't have to be imprisoned by what others say or society, you know, and we can see these younger generations coming through in somewhat probably quite assertive ways. But yes, you know, and you can do something about it. And that's what the book is about is to give a, you know, I've been tating for some 30 years, you know, since I was, since I was you know, a mid-teenager and also held very senior positions in you know, being an executive chairman of my own investment company and vice prime ministers and presidents and all those kinds of things. But, you know, it, but when I was up there, I was like, hmm, this is not fulfilling me. You know, on paper it looks fantastic, but in the end I was working 18-hour days and that led to stress and anxiety, as you could imagine. But it was more heartbreak because I wasn't doing what I was wanting to do, which was more energetic and spiritual work. You know, I thought, well, once I establish myself at a certain level, then I can use those funds to create wellness and health centers around the world. And, you know, this is like 20 years ago stuff, not the last five or eight years as it's become more trendy. So we can do something about it. And it's as simple as two things, 
David. And the first thing is that I find that there's two types of people in the world generally, and there's those that uh, come from their heads. They come from a place of ego, and not that it's wrong or bad, but you know, it's generally a place of fear. They're coming from a place of distraction, a place of me, 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 me. And it's quite isolating. So that's the controlling, dominating type, the alpha type. And, you know, we were taught that, you know, you needed to have a bit of mongrel, you know, to make it. And then there's the other people who are quite loving and open and more heart-based and, you know, their life tends to flow. They're more family-orientated and, you know, sort of happier with the smaller things in life. So my book's really about getting people out of that head, out of that ego, out of that negativity. We have some 60,000 thoughts a day and some mm. 95% of them are negative, you know, which mm. science tells us. But what's quite compelling, you break it down per second, we're having some 27 thoughts per second and 26 of them are negative. If you want to inject some energy and leadership expertise into your next event, why not invite David to speak? He'll get things moving. I found that fascinating uh, when I read that in your book, 60,000 thoughts a day. And the other thing about that, it was about 90% of those are repeated. We're just churning them over in our mind. Mm -hmm. And we also know that a good, a vast majority of them for a lot of people are negative. It's, it's no wonder. And as you talk about that, that idea of not being where you want to be in life. And as we know, people feel stuck and they feel stuck for a lot of reasons, mainly financially, you find yourself in a career that sounded like a great idea when you were 22. And now all of a sudden you're in your mid forties and you've devoted 20 something years to this career that actually didn't turn out to be what you thought it would be, but you've got the mortgage that lines up with your current salary and all of the other expectations of life. People feel stuck and they, they also feel as though they can't go and reskill themselves and start again. All of those complications, it's no wonder then they don't want to turn on this concept of intuition because it could be frightening to lift the veil on your own inner understanding and realize that you're not where you want to be. But look, we'll get to that. And that's a really interesting concept as it is. And I love the the idea of the thinking rather than feeling, hey, incidentally, Craig, I am MBTI qualified and you know, a registered practitioner. So it means that I, I do a few workshops where we do the MBTI stuff, which I love, by the way, because People spend so little time thinking about themselves. The concept of giving them a chance to categorize themselves in one of two domains or one or two dichotomies across four domains is really fascinating. And for those of you who know what I'm talking about, you'll know that it's the difference between being introverted, extroverted, a sensory or intuitive thinker. And that's obviously what we're talking about, a thinker or a feeler or a judger or a perceiver. Now, what you've devoted your life to is just one of those categories where you talk about people who use their head as opposed to people who use their heart, people who use their tuition. So tell us a little bit about your own intuition and how you balance that with the obvious need that we all have to do to to use our heads and understand facts and figures and hard evidence that flows in our life. How do you stop that hard evidence from dominating the way that you make decisions and approach your life? Great questions. So firstly, I do, I am, I am dominated from my heart, but that's taken years to do and a lifetime to master. So it's still going. I go through what a seven level process, which is a great lead into the video series, which will be out very soon. And I think people will get an extreme value out of it. So a little bit more open than what you may have presumed. There's seven levels, as I see it. So 
Firstly, everything is connected. So whether we believe it's philosophy or religion, ancient belief systems or science, everything is one. Everything's connected. That's proven. And that's fantastic news because it makes the conversation a lot easier to flow. So firstly, everything is connected. That's irrefutable. So we've got seven levels. And I love speaking this way because I can talk this way with scientists and doctors and people that are more open. And it doesn't matter who I speak to. I can explain these levels. So we have an energy level, which some people call spirit. So it can't be created or destroyed. That's what connects. Everything is made of energy, right? We have the second level, which is the mental level. So that's when we can talk about the ego. And then on the positive side, we can talk about mindfulness. We then get into an emotional body, which is obviously our emotions and also you know, how we feel about ourselves and others. Of course, a physical level. And inside that physical level, we drop into biology, chemistry, and DNA. So if you go to, you have a health issue, you go to a traditional doctor or an allied health professional, et cetera. If you go to a doctor, a doctor will look to solve your problem by changing your biology through chemistry, which tends to be a pharmaceutical. So we'll leave that there for this conversation. And then from an allied health point of view, they'll do the same thing. But the, the long and short of it is we are a heart cell first. So the first cell in the body, which most people don't know, is actually a heart cell. And from that heart cell, a heart is created. The heart is the first organ in the body. And before there's one neuron firing in the brain, and that is the brain in our mind, our head, we have our heart beating. So quite extraordinary. The next major development is our gut. Now, our gut, believe it or not, has today some 200 million neurons in it, 200 million neurons in it. Get ready for this. The brain in the mind and the head only has 10 million neurons in it. Wow. So my gut is smarter than my brain. Yeah, it's making neuropathways and decisions. It's incredible. That's why gut health is so important. So basically, my instincts and through meditation and belief systems are now justified by science, which is just wonderful. So heart first, go to the gut, then go to the mind. So I do use my head. I do use logic, but I don't use logic. I go to that intuition but intuition is actually an all-knowing intelligence. Why? Because at a subatomic level, you know, on, on both levels, I can't think of the other one just at the moment, but in the small and the large, the macro and the micro of the universe, everything is connected. So that knowledge that is inside the air around us, inside the microphone we're speaking into and the speakers we're listening to and our bodies and our bones and the trees and the plants has infinite knowledge and it has the same intelligence in it. So that's where it gets a bit deeper. So I'm trusting not only the connection with myself, but everything else is connected. And we probably get into that inside another conversation, but you can actually measure somebody's heart from a distance. And we're not talking 20 meters, we're talking kilometers and, and, and much further. So you can feel somebody and get very accurate information. So through many years of practice of clearing the negativity of my mind and releasing the emotional pain and imprints of my heart, which that takes time. Sometimes we feel good, we feel bad, we feel negative, we feel numb. You know, feeling numb is, you know, people go, what all is that about? Well, it's that you're not ready to feel the pain. So where I'm going with this is once you let go of your mind and let go of your, your heart and your emotions and your upsets, which are either from the experiences you've had in this lifetime, or as I said, in the seven levels, they've come from your parents or they've come from your genetics, epigenetics and in your DNA. So I kind of look at it like a seven level Rubik's cube. It's sort of the analogy I've been coming up recently. So you can just flip it. You can talk about it on a chemical level. You can look at it at a physical level. You can look at it at a, a mental level. 
at the end of the day, it's about being clear. And if you're clear of mind and heart, you know, think you know, if you're on holidays, David, and, and for the listeners, if you're on holidays and you're calm and relaxed, you tend to make decisions that are aligned with your values. They tend to be better. They tend mm-hmm. to be right. And you can follow through on them. And it's like I was looking at some of your work. No, do lead. So knowing makes no difference, you know, as you well know. But it's having the courage to act on that, to do. And it's like the work you're doing and, and myself is that we're leading by example to give other people the opportunity to not only to know, to do, but to also lead in their lives and their businesses. Tell you what, Craig, it's nice to have, have someone quote me back to myself. Very nice. Thank you for that little thrill. Look, what you've said there is fascinating. It, it really is. And I've heard those stats before about the, the neurons in my gut. I didn't know that they outnumbered those in my brain. But you can imagine when you talk about things like your ability to measure someone's heart rate from kilometers away or feel their heart from kilometers away, a lot of people listen to that kind of stuff and go, what is this guy on about? How do you present this stuff in a way, because you really want to help people, you want people to feel the joy of intuition, the power, the value it can add to your life. How do you get them over those speed bumps where if you present that to some people, they'll just put up their hands and say, mate, you're crazy. I'm, I'm going to think this through. Well, firstly, I don't. I don't generally talk about it unless I feel an opening, but the science is there. It's not me. Mm. Go and do your research. <laughs> Get onto Google. Check out HeartMath, and you will see the science is there. The agencies are there. We're all one. We're connected. If you get yourself here and get some of your cells, David, and put them across into London, and if we put again, this is science. When we put your cells under stress, those cells will feel stress at the same time. There's no time because right? everything's connected. Yes, this wow. is relativity. Wow. It's time. It's time. It's really time, David. This is not woohoo. And that's why, you know, I've researched, you know, what, 307 books? You know, I've written a reference guide, you know, with 87,000 words in it. So what's great is there are enough people that are open to it. And I'm really about helping people that are open to it. I'm not here to convince anybody. If it's not your thing, then that's fine. But what I'm saying is if you're open-minded, then it might be something worth exploring. The great thing about it, though, is it's it's something for you to experience, and that's why I work with SMEs and very large companies and we get you know, phenomenal results because if their minds are clear and their hearts are clear, you know, think of it this way. If you're a stockbroker and you can make more accurate decisions you know, 5 to 10% of the time, well, how's that going to turn out in a portfolio? You know, if you're a CEO and you can use these skills to you know, run a company to you know, maintain better HR and staff and you can you know, hold your retention rate of your staff by 10 or 15%, it's extraordinary. So I'm not. I'm trying to make it really practical, sort of stretch it out there. But you know, this, there's more science coming out all the time. We are connected, and it's a matter of again, as I said, coming back is you know how open are you to that? Because we've got all these belief systems that we're separate, and the world's very three dimensional. And there's stuff coming out all the time. And you know, I saw something the other day, and you know, I've only had an initial look at it that the brain has some eleven dimensions in it. So there's just just more and more science coming out all the time. But I just ask for people to be open and have an experience. And as you said, where am I right now and where do I want to be? But I find entrepreneurs, athletes, Olympians, things like that, they just say, okay, Craig, well, you know, I want to get here. What do I have to do? And look at it and it either works for them or it doesn't. But I find anyone that's open that um, worked with me one-on-one or any of my programs has, has always got a result. So when someone, whether they're an athlete or an executive or in any walk of life says to you, look, Craig, 
you know, I, I need some help. I've got some big goals. And you start with that conversation, you know, where are you now and, and where do you want to be? What are the next steps? What are the practical things that you do with someone who, who like most of us, is leading with the head? They're caught up in the noise of this world where our screen time is multiplying. Exactly. There is so much information that will steal our attention away. How do you begin working with a client to help them break all of that down and, and become in tune with themselves? On a practical level, what do you actually do? Well, the first four or five steps is, uh, you know, I have you know, free stuff that I give them and sort of really see where they're at. Because as you know, people, you know, everyone wants to get there, but are they willing to do the work? Mm. So I have a group program, uh, so which is in small groups and in about a month's time or so, we're, we're right hot off the heels. I have a, a monthly call where you experience me guiding you through an experience for an hour where I teach you how to let go of your mind and, and your emotions and actually connect with yourself. And that's an extremely powerful program. It comes with a series of videos. There's questions and, you know, it's very affordable. You know, it's $97 a month. And then I have right up to executive six-figure programs. So really, as the program, as I've developed and been able to scale myself, I'm really committed to meeting people, David, where they're at. And, you know, you can have programs from, as I said, from 97 through to, yeah, a few thousand through to a retreat through to working with me for six months or 12 months or speaking or, you know, and a series of books. So Intuitive is the first in a series of five books. So the next so, book yeah, is so, called- So then that, that all sounds fantastic, but what do you actually do? What are the steps? If if I've signed up to sure. your program and I've asked you to to work with me one-on-one, I've got some goals, I've, I've probably carrying around some baggage, I've got some limitations, where do we begin working? Well, as I was saying, it's a, it, you know, like, you know, Bruce Lee would say, you know, I fear the man who, not the man who can do 10,000 kicks, but the man who's done one kick 10,000 times. So it's a matter of sitting quietly, whether it's for 30, 40, you know, for a minute or for a couple of minutes. And that's hard for people. And then it's a, a matter of bringing those thoughts up. And I guide you very specifically in bringing up your, your blocks and uh, your negativity and providing a space. Because people, you know, are not used to knowing how to do that. And having been meditating for a very long time and teaching this kind of stuff, I have a way of, and intuitively, of, of feeling and seeing those blocks with the person as well. So we allow that those blocks and that charge to come up. So from a science point of view, you're in an alpha beta wave and we want to get you into a theta delta wave. So that theta wave is more of the meditation wave and the delta wave is when we fall asleep. And if we fall asleep, that's good too. So it's about slowing down the mind you know, mm. getting some space back. So if we can reduce your thinking by 10%, 20%, but, you know, as people work with myself over a longer period of time, they have experiences of no thought, right? And no thought means no negativity. No negativity means rest and creativity. So the big one is the mind. And yeah. so that's the hardest one to crack. And then as we do that, you start feeling more. And as you feel more, then more emotions come up from the past, something that happened to you yesterday or when you dig kicked you in your knee when you fell over the fence when you fall, you know, and all this kind of stuff. So I used the example the other day. It's like if, you know, a sheep being on a property, if you're the sheep and you've got this wool and you can't see the wool behind you and you're going through the brushes and you're picking up all these burrs and things. So we're just sitting quietly and observing what's stressing us and it's not always logical. So it can be emotional and, you know, the body stores you know, and that's in the book as well. The body stores infinite thoughts and, and memories in different parts of the body. 
So it's just about being vulnerable enough not to try and look at it as a logical thing. So it's a little bit like um, like a dream sometime, a dream state, just to be with and be humble as to what you're experiencing because the goal is to clear it. Because when you're clear, then you make better decisions, you're more confident and you get better outcomes. So really what I'm about first is getting you to clear your mind and clear your emotions. And then the big one is to have more confidence, more self-confidence in your life, your health and your business. So a big one is learning to trust yourself and to come from a loving place. And, you know, in, in practical terms, thinking the love that you have for your partner, that you love for your children, why do you have an unconditional love for your child, yet you don't have that same level of self-respect or love for yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's really the the goal of the program. And once well, I can get you there, and that can even take, you know, some time over a, a group program, or you can work with me, you know, in a shorter period of time, you know, one on one over a series of, you know, a number of months, because it's it takes time. We've got to get rid of all the all that negativity that's been in your system for twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years, and then all the stuff and all the baggage. So it's that constant interruption. So we're not trying to get rid of the ego or. The negative thoughts were actually creating a space for them to be cleared. So I teach you how to make peace with yourself and make peace with your awareness and your consciousness. So this is where mindfulness is great, but it's only one piece. So if you look at my seven levels, you know, mindfulness is only one piece. So it's about stilling the mind so that we start feeling the emotions so we can start listening to the body. Start listening to the body with a clearer mind and clearer emotions and we get more accurate information about our health our needs, you know, our blood pressure, whether we need to sleep, our adrenals. So our experience and connection to ourselves in life as you to get away from screen time gives us more immediate, accurate information. Hey, maybe I need to be barefoot, go to the beach, I need some quiet time. But if we're always in the mind and, you know, we're constantly engaging with technology, that's taking us away from our energy, our spirit, our sense of self, whatever label you want to put on it. So that's how I work with people. So sitting quietly is is the first step. And that sounds fantastic. And I imagine that for me, for someone like me, that, that'd that be quite difficult. I, sp- I spend a bit of quiet time. Craig, my favorite hobby is uh, swimming. So I swim five times a week, up and down, and, and it's a really nice time. I, I always come around away from the pool feeling much better than I went in physically, but just emotionally as well. I just feel calmer and happier and feel like I've done something positive and I, I'm, I'm fairly aware that part of that is around the fact that I do very little thinking while I'm in the pool. It's a bit hard to actually think, you know, by the time I'm partway through the swim, I'm very exhausted and thoughts don't stick in my head. So I see the value of that. And I understand that, that I'm, I'm, that's a fairly easy way. I'm, I'm letting myself off the hook a bit because what you're talking about is taking some real time, deliberate out of your day to just sit and think. Now, if you were to work with someone like me who who is not completely foreign to thinking time, but is fairly busy and spends a fair bit of his time active and doing things, what kind of experiences do you would expect that I had? You you talked about it a little bit there. Initially, I'm guessing I would have trouble clearing my mind. Initially, I would just be sitting there thinking, oh my God, I've got, have I sent that email? What time's that meeting this afternoon? I've, as soon as I finish my thinking time, I'm going to get on my phone and check that. I would have all those kind of panicky thoughts. Yeah. What's next? Because obviously the goal is is emptying my mind completely, as you said. And you, you also spoke about you know things coming up from my past, getting in touch with my emotions, all that kind of stuff. I just want to be able to map out what would our listeners expect to go through? How would they expect to get better at doing that sitting and thinking to the point where they're, they're actually getting a lot of benefit out of it? Right. Well, firstly, you're coming at it from a mental point of view. 
And so it's trying. Mm. I'm trying to tell you what chocolate ice cream tastes like, but you've only had vanilla. So it's an experience. Mm. So it's not about thinking at all. It's actually about being. So when you're in a loving place, or you know, you've been intimate with your partner, or you're with your children, it's uh, timeless. So it's about being in a state of timelessness, and that gives you the connection with everything. So it's about reducing the think time. So yes, the mind will push in, but it will give way because the mind is limited. And as Einstein said, you know, Einstein was interviewed and, you know, it was a quote that I wrote in an article the other day, something along the lines of, I think 99 things and find nothing. I swim in nothingness and the answer comes. I swim in silence and the answer comes. So I'm teaching you how to be still and not actually do Mm. anything and allow that inner voice, uh, that truth to come through. And as you know, Steven Spielberg said, it's about listening to that subtle energy. You know, that's our, our real self talking to us. So, you know, when we're in the moment, there's, everything's great. You know, when we're thinking of the future, we're anxious. And when we're in the past, we tend to be upset. And some more science, you know, so Harvard Medical School, the number one medical school in the world, is, you know, states that, you know, up to some 98% of all illness and disease, stress and trauma, anxiety is, sorry, of all illness and disease is stress and trauma related. So I'm teaching you how to calm your nervous system down so that you can listen and choose to focus on what you want to do. So from a success point of view, you know, as Dennis Waitley says, you know, practice makes permanent, practice doesn't make perfect. And that's what the work he's done with Olympians and also NASA and, and astronauts. So it's really about focusing on what you want and the you know a very powerful way to do it as i said is i teach you how to clear your mind clear your thoughts so clear your mind of negativity and then you can stay there you know but if you're ready let's deal with the emotions so that can bring up a lot of upset you know there was a time where i did some singing and and acting a long time ago but what held me back at the time we're talking a long time ago was that i couldn't be with the emotions in my heart so i had a good voice and was doing well but I wasn't ready to express that level of vulnerability, not only to myself, but in public. <laughs> so it's, mm. a, it's about where you're at, you know, where you're ready to. Yeah. So, yeah, your fear is going to come up. There's no way about smarting this. This is not a way that you can outthink. You can't outthink the universe. You can't. So mm. you, there's a little brain. So there's little Craig's brain and there's a universal brain. And, and so it's, it's tapping into a larger knowledge space that if I can – you know, I find the stream of consciousness and when I start, stop saying I, I know, you know, because whenever you, as you know, in the book, I say, when you, when you say, you know, you're stopping any further answer. So it's about being peaceful. Shut and your just, mind off. You know, shut your, yeah, your, well, your, your mind actually shuts itself off. So I think that's the point I'm mm. trying to say. You're not trying to shut the mind off. You're doing a process where the mind settles down. The, the mind chooses to settle down. And then once we can do that, and then we can start clearing through your emotions, then you've actually got access to coming from a place of love, which is humble, as to loving ourselves with ego. You know, these are big concepts. And it tends to be, to be honest, people that are very successful and work with very high-end people, and they get the first couple of steps. But because they've had success in the mind, sometimes they're afraid to step into the emotions. But I find the entrepreneurs and people on the way up, they fully embrace it. And they're, you know, get it. So it's really about saying, okay, I've had success in the past using my mind, but what if there was more? You know, and there is a lot more. And so it's just, you know, and I, I just meet people where they're at, David. So, yeah. So if we practice this and we get good, and I, I probably even muddled my words before I'm so thought-based, if we practice this sitting and just relaxing our mind and, and not thinking mm-hmm. and letting things flow and finding that space of thoughtlessness and 
all of that great stuff that you've described are the benefits for us then through life as we, you know, we get up and we pick up our towel and we go back and do the things that we need to do, that we've given ourselves an opportunity to get more in touch with who we really are. So therefore, the decisions I'm making later that day and and through the rest of my life are just more in tune with my real purpose and what I really want to achieve. The the split second decisions I make or the, the thoughts that I have, they're all grounded in who I really am because I've given myself an opportunity to find that person. Is is that partly where we're going? That is definitely. That's the probably the most practical part of it. Is that yeah, you're leaving your core values. And by living your core values, that's what you attract. So, you know, but again, if you're that footballer and you've got that extra half second, so intuition isn't just intuition. It's obviously pulling off on experience. So I'm saying that there's all knowledge inside of everything. So your intuition is pulling from everything that's ever been, right? So on one level, but it's also the experience from the past. So you're using all your computers. You've got four computers, right? So you've got your neurons in your heart, you've got neurons in your gut, in your spinal system, in your brain. So using all that information, so absolutely, you're gonna, yeah, you will make better decisions because you're happier, you're living your purpose, you're not questioning yourself, you're not wondering what if, you sleep better at night, and you're doing more what you love. And if you're not doing what you love right now, because a lot of people aren't, you know, like yourself, you know, it took me, I don't know, fifteen years or something to transition across, <laughs> so fifteen twenty years to get where I am right now to be doing exactly what I want to do, and you know, in, in an international practice and writing books and, and thought leadership and media and all that kind of thing. But, yeah, it takes time. So it's, it's having the humility and the willingness to accept the outcome. So, you know, you're saying, well, I'm going to put what I love and my values first above all things. I'm going to live a life in truth. And you can see it in business, you know, the world's waking up through technology and the way we hold our leaders to account and everything that's happening in Australia right now is and the veil is thinning. So it's about, as you said, the veil that we have with ourselves and with others that uh, it's about all of us learning, you know, we've got the technology, but it's the decisions that we make with that technology. So we've got technology and we've got the technology within us. So it's about, yeah, us being more honest as a society and how we can grow and, and develop. So absolutely. Hey, Craig, are some of us beyond help? You've probably picked up, I'm I'm very interested in this. I truly am, but I'm struggling with the concepts and I, I do consider myself a bit of a thinker. I spend a lot of time pondering things. Am I the sort of person with that you look at and you just think, mm, this is probably not for you, buddy. You would have too much trouble switching off that brain. No, you could do it, but it would be at your own pace. So mm. I would just, you know, take you through a process, answer your questions, give you information, you know, if you'd like to have an experience, you know, but yeah, for your, your mind is quite active, to be honest, and that's fine. And I've been there as well. So yeah, it, it'd be you about actually turning your, are you willing to turn your mind off? Are you okay with that? And uh, I would say that the swimming is an active meditation. I'm showing you how to do that in minutes. So if you, you know, I'm teaching you how to hack the experience of swimming in, you know, two minutes to 20 minutes. So what am I missing out on then? What am I missing in my life because of the way that I clearly live? Well, it, it's just whatever life you want. As I said, you know, I, I'm not about telling people what they should and shouldn't do, but there's just so much more. So my hmm. clients that have gone through it, especially, you know, those that, you know, have been with me for a number of years, their life's not the same. Their, their relationships aren't the same. Some of them aren't in the same relationships. They're, they've got better boundaries at work. Uh, they get better customers. They don't put up with the crap that they used to. They have more about having an equal exchange. You know, sometimes they're either dominating or they're too nice. So I teach people how to value themselves equally. 
So your life's more in balance. Your business is more in balance. You're more present. You're more a way of being. Like when you see a child, you know, a child is happy. It's just being, aren't they? Mm. They're not worrying about what other people think. They're yeah, just that being is themselves. Very true. So and that's, really, that's an analogy that mm. I can really relate to. You, you know, mm. that, that childlike being. They're like, this is who I am, David, and you can like it, you can not like it, and that's okay. So it's not an ego. It's like I'm, lo- I'm loving myself enough it's okay to be me mm. and, you know, I'm going to do the best to live my life the way that I can and that flows through in your life, your health, and your business. So for me, like with my clients, and my clients are clients for life. My partners are partners for life. My friends, you know, you know, like it's it's something that's so pure. You know, it's just a matter of how much you want it. But you know, the benefits are you feel more at peace with yourself. You're more at ease. You're not questioning yourself as much. You don't need as much validation. You're happier in your own skin. Therefore, people are happier to be around you. Your customers want to, you know, buy from you, whether it's you know, a free product or a book. And it just teaches you to be less attached. So for me, you know, it's not about finding customers. It's about servicing. And meeting people where they're at and to help first and to give first. And, you know, fortunately, I'm in a good position with a, with something that's of a lot of interest. But, you know, that's what my instincts told me 20, 30 years ago that, you know, I'm to follow my heart. And I didn't know exactly that it was going to be about intuition, as I said at the time. But those labels formed themselves over the last 12 or 13 years. And, yeah, as I said, they're just words. But, yeah, it's about being happy with yourself and confident with who who am I really? And if that's making collateral umbrellas or being an executive chairman of a multinational company, both of them are the same. And without getting too philosophical, in my experience, and if you look at it or view, you know, from a science point of view or a philosophy point of view, everything is the same. Everyone's of equal value. So two atoms are the same. A rock is the same energetic value as a as you or I at subatomic levels. So when you start playing that way and not taking yourself so seriously. And not so attached, then I feel life and the universe can conspire for you instead of against you. I really like the analogy that you touched on earlier that I, I read in your book, that life, as someone who intuits, I guess is the, is the word you would say, is like being an athlete, a high-quality athlete that has that extra time. You know, I'm a rugby and, and cricket fan, and we all know those batsmen, no matter how fast the bowlers, they just seem to have that extra moment to make their decision, or that fly half who in the face of torrid defense, seems to still have a moment to make their decision and, and think through what their options are. You kind of align that with being intuitive. You feel like if you're really in touch with yourself, it gives you that split second more in life to make the right decision. Is, is that a good analogy? Have I explained that right? Yeah, that, absolutely. But I would say more than a split second. It's almost like you have infinitely more time. Because that split second on the field is like having a hundred times more advantage than in the other players. And you're still going mm. for what you want. So, you know, I've been a rugby boy myself. So you're seeing the way forward where others aren't. Or the fear comes up and you're able to dissolve it quickly. So it's both. So it's not like they're just some some freak or whatever. I mean, there are those moments of brilliance, you know, where they don't think and it's just happening. And there's also those moments of, oh, my God. A six foot five guy is going to trample on my head, and then somehow they fly, you know, they get that fly pass away. So it's what choice do I make? Where am I going to focus? So it just depends how you flip it. There's many ways to look at it. You know, someone is more of a you know, faith based, open, spiritual person will just see it as this flowing stream of consciousness. Someone like yourself is like, oh, well, yeah, it makes sense. It's practical. If my mind is clear and my heart's clear, then, um, or my mind's, you know, it's got more space and I'm not thinking 
you know, half as much or and certainly not as negative, I'm going to feel better about myself and have greater confidence, going to have more energy and going to get better results. So it's really a personal experience and it's where you're at in the journey. And that's why the book's got the 38 chapters in it. You can pick up any chapter at any stage. You've got all the key points at the back, you know, and it's just, it's wherever you want to start. You know, you can use your intuition really to make better decisions and to get you from where you are right now to where you want to be from a practical point of view. And then there's others that make it a, a way of life, you know, like even 20, 30, say 30 years ago, we didn't have mobile phones and things like that, you know, pretty much. And we did trust our intuition more, our instincts more, you know, we we're more connected with people. So we didn't second guess ourselves as much. So now we've got all these ideas of who and what we should be, which tend to be manufactured. So I'm trying to bring a little bit of old school back. And, you know, I've used these labels of intuition, but these are things that people have, I think, have had ever since we were born, you know, for you know, many millennia. And it's just a matter of, you know, some common sense. If we're not as negative and we're trusting our emotions more and having more confidence, then it's a very attractive quality in life and, and certainly in business. Craig, I've got to ask you this. I, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, but is there a danger if used incorrectly or if used for a shortcut that people could convince themselves that they're being intuitive when they're in fact ignoring hard evidence, when they're nor ignoring hard facts about themselves and their life? Do people ever use, you know, for all the wonderful things you've described about getting in touch with your intuition, do people ever use it as an excuse to ignore things that are staring them in the face? The small answer to that is yes, but they're not using their intuition because if you're in ego, that's not being intu- in, using your intuition. If you're in fear, that's not intuition. If it's some fleeting feeling or based on anxiety or, you know, you have an out, you know, you, you're using it for selfish purposes, that's not intuition, is it? Because you're defying logic. You, you know, so it's a matter of assessing all those things. So the answer is that, and I talk about it, you know, in one of the chapters, uh, chapter eight, page 63, Intuitive Ethics and Responsibilities. It's calling you to a higher level of responsibility that you have ethics. So mm. it's really coming, you know, intuition really is a way of access, clearing your mind of negativity and your heart from fear so that you can come from a more loving place in your life. And when you're more in flow, I believe there's a, there's a scientific level, you know, of love that when you're in that flow state, so you're feeling good, you're at more calm, then you, you're going to get better information on all those levels, levels right down to you to your cells, right? So, yes, absolutely. And that's one of the reasons I'm here with the book. It's interesting because since I've brought out the book, the conversation about intuition certainly in Australia is getting broader and I'm seeing it on social media and people are trying to, some are, and it's great, that they're tagging it in other realms and it's not intuition, you know? So, you know, using other forms of uh, what I'm basically saying is that, yes, you know, if you're coming from a place of tomfoolery or being an idiot and saying, oh, I'm trusting my intuition. And I've had it with clients that with one particular client where their partner had only done a little bit of work in consciousness and he'd done years of it. And she's saying, oh, my intuition's telling this, saying this. I'm saying, well, hang on, you, you're comparing this to a guy who's done probably three or 400 hours work and you've done five hours work. Mm-hmm. So that's not intuition. So it takes a lot of practice to clear your mind and your heart and you get better at it. So the that's winning is, a battle. Yeah, yeah. So it's really about, you know, where am I coming from right now? And this is actually a great one. Am I coming from a place of love or am I coming from a place of fear? So if you're coming from a place of fear and, you know, like in business, look at it. There's two deals and I've done this with boards. So there's deal A and there's deal B or even as a small business or an entrepreneur. 
And I'll say, tell me about DLA. And I'll say, oh, DLA is great. Okay, why is DLA great? I'll say, well, DLA is great because we're going to make all this money and we're going to make all this money in 14 months. I'll say, that's fantastic. Say, tell me about what's in it for the customer. I'll say, well, what do you mean? I'll say, well, tell me about what the customer gets out of it. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good for the customer, but um, we make a lot of money out of it. I'll say, okay, well, let's leave that deal over there. So you can see the common sense of, of intuition. Then I said, tell me about deal B. Deal B, the customers love it. It's amazing, very, very popular, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I said, what's the downside of deal B? Oh, well, it's going to take us two years to make the money, you know, two and a half years. And then you can just stand back, you know, before having your answer and say, well, which one do you think the market or which one do you think life or the universe, whatever you want to believe is going to support? And the answer is deal B. So mm. it comes down to a lot of, you know, are you willing to stick by your core values? Are you willing to be patient? If people are just in it for the money, then that's fine. I suppose I'm talking, um, the work I'm working with, uh, my aim is to work with that tribe of people who want to make a difference, that want to hit, live by a higher standard and want to be conscious um, people and business owners and athletes and things like that to share that, you know, that the world is bigger together, that there's enough out there. So I'm coming from a place of plenty rather than a place of lack. So mm. it's abundance. really, yeah, abundance taking, but in real, real terms. So it's not about competition. I'm not really interested in competition. I don't really have a competitor, but it's taken many years to educate and, and now to explain how my work's different and how you can get a, you know, a, a particular result. So I'm, you know, wherever people are, that's where they should be. If people are in a mental state, then great, stay there. If people are emotional, but can't be logical, well, that's something to consider as well. And if you're all spaced out like a hippie and you're enjoying it, great, enjoy that. You know, I've ex- experienced, you know, I've done transcendental meditation and a lot of advanced training and experienced different realms. I've been the high-end corporate guy and I've been just meditated for years and got that as an experience as a monk as well. But for me, it's about living in the middle and people like yourself, for me, we're one or, or side of the middle or the other is that most people out there are in the middle. And mm. so that's where I am is about giving the everyday person or the person with some ambition and some some values and some goals and some principles a way to move forward. This is where I am in my life right now. I'm not exactly where I thought I'd be or I've hit my financial goals, but I just don't feel I've got the joy of it. So I'm, I'm teaching you how you can appreciate everything from being quiet or sitting in the park or, you know, seeing the goodness in things, seeing problems as opportunities. And, you know, that all sounds, you know, nice. But when you slow down and you're not being as negative and you're breathing all this stuff in and you're living it as a way of being, or as you're saying, you know, on the football field and you feel like you have got that extra half a second, it's a pretty cool way to live. It sure is. Look, Craig Wilson, this has been a really interesting conversation, stuff that I've never talked about before. It's really fascinating. Intuition, that all-knowing intelligence. And I like that line of living by higher standards. It's fantastic stuff, mate. I really enjoyed the book and uh, I really enjoyed our conversation. Thanks very much for joining us, Craig Wilson. No, thank you very much for having me, David. And that was Craig Wilson, intuition and all-knowing intelligence. And I like this concept too, living by a higher standard. As I said at the start of the show, I have an extra copy of Craig's book. If you liked what you heard from him and you want to get your hands on it, jump on the Team Guru Facebook page and write a quick note about why you like the concept so much and what it means in your life. And if you're the first, I'll get in touch with you 
and send you that book. As always, I'll share the lessons I took from my conversation with Craig on the Lessons Learned page for this podcast. You'll find it on the Team Guru website. That's teams with an S dot guru forward slash podcast. Connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud, or LinkedIn, and join me for the next episode on this, my mission to bring to life the theory and principles of leadership. This is David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now. Bye.